With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome back to another episode of Open Floor, filling in for your host, Michael DePodbina. I'm Rohan Nakni, joined today by the host of Sports Illustrated Weekly, Sports Illustrated senior writer, I believe. My guy, John Gonzalez. John, how's it going, buddy? Ro, uh, another day, my friend. It is another day. You know, the, I think the last time we spoke, it was still in the middle of the insane heat wave in Los Angeles. So at least we have that going for us now that it's only like normal hot for September. You know, not uh, the world is ending and we've destroyed the planet hot. Yeah, regular hot. <laughs> regular hot. Um, I, an eventful week in the NBA for all the wrong reasons, John. Uh, I think it's probably going to be the only thing we really talk about today. Obviously, the NBA finally releasing uh, its findings, quote-unquote, in the Robert Sarver investigation. Uh, I, frankly, a terrible week for the NBA. I mean, let's not sugarcoat it. Well, we discussed this a little bit on your podcast on SI Weekly, that was before Adam Silver's press conference on Wednesday, which we're going to get into. Let's let's start with just what was kind of your initial reaction when you found out that the NBA, you know, they released kind of like the, the bullet points of their findings, right? Robert Sarver used the N-word on, I believe, five different occasions, uh, describing sex acts in front of employees, uh, just making... Time and time again, uh, sexist, misogynistic comments, I believe uh, dropping his pants before a medical examination, just all kinds of like lewd, racist, misogynistic behavior, um, which in the NBA said behavior that was not racially motivated, that their findings, frankly, made no sense. Your, your kind of first initial reaction when this came out, because there had been some element of buildup to it. 
Yeah, wholly insufficient was my reaction. I mean, uh, this took months. This independent review took months. They talked to 320 people. They reviewed more than 80,000 documents. They went back 18 years, almost two decades. And they, they found that Sarver had a history of this kind of behavior, this racially insensitive, sexually insensitive, uh, completely um, indefensible conduct at work. And yet he has fined... $10 million, which is technically the maximum under the CBA, but still for somebody who's worth north of $800 million, according to various reports, not that big a slap uh, on his wrist. And then one year. So in theory, he's coming back. Now, there's a lot of pushback to that. LeBron uh, issued a statement saying that he shouldn't be allowed to come back. Uh, his own minority owner, the second largest stakeholder in the team, uh John Najafi said, I'm calling for the resignation of Robert Sarver. So there is a drumbeat of people saying, wait a minute, like if he did all of these things and did it for almost two decades, why is he going to be allowed to come back? And we're going to get into Adam Silver's, I think, disastrous press conference. But for me, the whole thing does not add up. I mean, you have a preponderance of evidence saying that he has comported himself in a way that is totally unbecoming of not just, you know, an owner, but anyone in the league. Uh, and yet, in theory, he'll be allowed back. Yeah, it, it's uh, it was baffling to me when the punishment was announced. The it's so incongruent with the findings uh, of the investigation, and it's just been a strange situation from the start. I mean, if you remember all the way back when, when Baxter Holmes, who really kicked this whole thing off with his reporting for ESPN, his really thorough reporting for ESPN. Immediately, the Suns, many members of the Suns organization, uh, releasing statements, oh, we've never seen such behavior from Robert Sarver. Um, you know, he was backed up by, I, I believe, the the man who's named interim governor uh, by the league <laughs> backed him up in a statement. Yep. The general manager backed him up in a statement. Now, to a degree, you wonder, you know, were these people coerced is maybe not the strong word, compelled. I mean, they do work for the man, but... Uh, usually you don't see those kinds of statements a lot uh, in this day and age when someone's accused of the things Robert Sarver has been accused of. Usually it's all we'll wait and see, but no, there was a weird defense mounted for him. There were threats. Uh, Again, if you remember people threatening to protest Suns playoff games, um, different civil rights groups threatening to protest Suns playoff games. um, If the NBA did not speed up the investigation, those never quite came to fruition, but it's just been a very fraught situation and you know you had former team employees tweeting about it this week when's the nba going to release their investigation what's taking so long my perhaps my hopes were too high but my hope guess understanding was at least that the nba was being so thorough in the event that they needed to gather enough evidence to really get rid of him from the league uh, and, and they seem to have all that evidence. I mean, they seem to have, yeah. you know, all these things. I wanted to get your opinion on something, John. We actually didn't talk about this. This is probably more of a broad question. Like, do you think we've reached the point in our society where you can't get rid of someone like this unless there's... Do we need to have, like, a videotape? Do we need to have an audio tape? Is that is that the only way it happens now in our society? I mean, it definitely helps, right? I mean, with Donald Sterling, Donald Sterling was caught on tape. We heard him say some really vile, indefensible, racist things. Uh, so I think that that certainly helped the groundswell of um, 
anti-Donald Sterling sentiment at the time that helped push him out. And let's not forget, that was one of the first official acts of Adam Silver, right? New commissioner Mm -hmm. Adam Silver comes in and he sees what's happening with Donald Sterling and the Clippers and he realizes that this cannot continue. And he makes the correct decision that Donald Sterling has to go. Now, I ask you, what has changed since, what was it, 2014 to now 2022, where Adam Silver is an established commissioner? Uh, Maybe he's taken some dings to his reputation since then. But on the whole, I think regarded as a pretty good commissioner. And he stands up there the other day and he says, look, I don't have this power. Now, maybe he didn't have the power or, or doesn't have the power now. But that would suggest that he didn't have the power then and they still got it done with Donald Sterling. And I don't understand how Donald Sterling can be pushed out and rightly so for his egregious offenses. And then you have uh, a similar body of evidence against another owner and Robert Sarver and Commissioner Silver stands up there in the face of of really tough questioning by our colleague Howard Beck and kudos to Howard. We're going to get into what Howard was asked or what Howard asked and what Adam Silver responded. But Adam Silver to say, well, you know, I, I don't have that power. It's different. It's different when you're an owner. And then they had to walk all that back. So I don't know. This is such a black eye for an organization in the NBA that fancies itself as a progressive, um, inclusive body, right, in sports where, mm-hmm. oh, you know, with it's Black Lives Matter and uh, we want to conduct ourselves and comport ourselves properly in the workplace and um, treat women with equal respect and have diverse voices in uh, various capacities. And then you look at the way that they respond to uh, an exceedingly rich white man owner who has run afoul of any number of ways to conduct yourself. And then they say, nah, he'll be back in a year. Uh, the Sterling thing is the obvious comparison here. And I do think that's an interesting reference point, John, that you bring up. Because, and I want to shout out my guy, Sean Hyken, who wrote about this for Substack, the Rose Garden Report, which is very good, and I highly recommend people subscribe. It wasn't as simple as the NBA basically banning Donald Sterling and saying, you need to get out of the league. Uh, You know, Silver obviously has that press conference. He comes out and says Sterling uh, is banned for life, but it kind of kicked off this legal battle. Shelly Sterling, Donald's wife, uh, I believe has him, you know, declared mentally incapacitated to run the team in court legally. She's able to take control of the team and sell it to Steve Ballmer. And I believe that's how it went down. It wasn't as simple as the NBA kicking him out. And as far as Sterling goes, I also wonder if Silver was able to make that call because he knew, you know, we're getting into like, it's like borderline conspiracy stuff here, but this is such a strange situation. I think it it, it calls for some kind of, we're looking for explanations here, but I wonder how much of it, Stern, maybe David Stern was regretful that he never got Donald Sterling out of the league. Um, how much of it was the other owners really wanted Donald Sterling out of the league? Because I mean, he'd been famously a bad person for a very long time. I mean, yeah. housing discrimination lawsuits. Uh, he the, the things about Donald Sterling were known. There was just no tape. So it's. Um, you know, you, you're left wondering, like, what was different about Robert Sarver? Yeah, and it doesn't seem like too much here, right? I mean, we can mm-hmm. get into some of the specifics. 
So there were 100 individuals witnessed uh, Sarver statements or actions that were deemed inappropriate, according to this report. Of the five times Sarver reportedly used the N-word, four were after black and white employees told him to stop. He shouldn't do it, even though even if he was just repeating somebody. He told a pregnant employee she wouldn't be able to do her job upon becoming a mother. He told a female woman or a female employee women cry too much. Twelve witnesses recall Sarver making a reference at an all-employee meeting to a specific sex act, and 19 witnesses recall him talking about a specific type of condom. There's even more graphic stuff, as you said, uh, before medical examination where he walked into a room with a male and female employee and he was naked and told the female employee to leave because she had never seen anything like this, and on and on and on and on and on. So like, at what point do you reach a point of critical mass and go, you can't come back here anymore, Right. I mean, like, and again, I, I think we should discuss Howard Beck's really mm-hmm. smart, direct line of questioning to Adam Silver. And Adam Silver was, you know, put back on his heels because Howard had asked, well, look, if any of us, and I'm paraphrasing him, and he did a much better mm-hmm. job than I am articulating it, but Howard said, if any of us in this room, or in the NBA, or any of your employees, Adam Silver, or any, anybody uh, at any job had done like, you know, a tenth a hundredth of what Robert Sarver has done over the last two decades almost, we wouldn't have a job. And Mm -hmm. Adam Silver said, well, you know, it's different. And then the NBA had to walk that back. And man, like talk about stepping on rakes. Like you're already in a situation here where everybody's going, what are you doing? This isn't sufficient. One year for Robert Sarver, given what he's done or, or alleged to have done over 18 years is not nearly enough. And everybody knows that. And the 10 million... $10 $10 million fine, low it is the maximum allowable under the CBA is a joke. And so for them to stand up there and try to like, you know, sweep it away is just, it's, it's a really, really bad look for them. So let's get into the Adam Silver press conference. Um, I'm going to read a couple quotes here. Howard ended his question. Here's exactly what he said. Why should there be a different standard for an NBA owner than it would be for everybody who works in this league? Adam Silver, there are particular rights here to someone who owns an NBA team as as opposed to someone who is an employee. Uh, That's really the quote that we have to unpack. Uh, We'll come back to it in a second. Just some of the other uh, quotes. Adam Silver, he said Donald Sterling was guilty of, quote, blatant racist conduct directed at a select group of people, end quote. Uh, Whereas Robert Sarver's comments, quote, beyond the pale, but wholly of a different kind, end Mm. quote, than Sterling's. Um, Another, he said, Robert Sarver has evolved as a person, which, you know, some of this stuff was very recent. You know, Silver saying Sarver evolved over the 18 years. Uh, Many of these allegations coming in the last few years. Um, You know, he said the Suns workplace is a very different environment today. I think a lot of former team employees felt feel differently ultimately silver saying quote the conduct is indefensible but i feel like we dealt with it in a fair manner end quote i don't know how you can say something is indefensible but then say you deal with it in a fair manner but let's get back to that that big quote the one everyone's talking about silver there are particular rights here to someone who owns an nba team as opposed to someone who is an employee uh you mentioned the nba walking it back uh, Mike Bass, you know, eventually releasing a statement to a number of reporters, Mike Bass, an NBA spokesman, saying Silver didn't mean to suggest that NBA owners are held to a different standard. But that's exactly what he meant to suggest and yeah. exactly what he said. So he already uh, said the quiet part out loud. You can't yes. walk it back with the statement after that. I want to real quick when he says that Donald Sterling's comments uh, 
with regard to racism were different of a different nature than Robert Sarver's. What he's suggesting there implicitly (laughs) without saying or tacitly without saying it is that it's okay to be casually racist, not aggressively racist. <laughs> yes. Right? Oh, oh, he used some racist words <laughs> in front of people, but he what he didn't mean it directly to the body of people who were then insulted by him taking that word and putting it in his mouth and then like spitting it out. That's okay. Which is absurd on its face. And then for this for and I like Mike Bass. Mike Bass is great and he's just mm-hmm. doing his job, right? He he yeah. goes, Okay, look, the commissioner really shouldn't have said what he what he said. Let's <laughs> yeah. issue a statement. I want to read the statement here. Commissioner Silver's answer to a question about the rights of business owners did not mean to suggest that NBA players, team employees, and team owners are not held to the same standard of appropriate conduct. Here's the final button up here. They absolutely are, period. Mike NBA, Adam Silver, they clearly, plainly, absolutely are not. If they were, yes. if they were held to the same standard, then Robert Sarver would be gone. But what Adam Silver said up on the podium, although it was widely panned and criticized, and rightly so, that was the truth. He told us the truth. He said, listen, if you own a team, there's you can get away with a lot more. I'm paraphrasing here, but that was the underlying sentiment, right? It was, if you are an employee, if you work here, you would be gone. But if you're an owner, ah, you know, there's a lot more stuff that we'd have to do to get rid of you. So, you know, them's the breaks. Uh, it really is ridiculous. And I don't mean to make light of the situation, but he really did kind of play the racism Olympics there with Donald Sterling and Oof. Robert Sarver. It's like, it's like Sterling got the gold, but Sarver got the bronze. And apparently you can't get kicked out for the bronze. It's kind of what he's saying there, which is ridiculous. And yes, it, he clearly is saying <laughs> the, the obvious reading of him saying there are particular rights here to someone who owns an NBA team as opposed to someone who's an employee is basically him saying, oh, when you own a team, you have the right to do this kind of stuff. Yep. You have the right to say whatever you want in the workplace because there's only su- such little we could do, right? Uh, which is really the, the key issue here for the NBA. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, 
the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English, and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Silver, obviously, you met you. You said it. He told the truth in that press conference. It was he was bad. It was widely panned. I think people are rightly upset. At the same time, he's serving as a little bit of a meat shield here, John, because. Yeah. Very conspicuously, I mean, we've heard from another son's minority owner. I don't mean to say that this man is an opportunist or anything like that. I think his statement is what we need. We need more of. He said something along the lines of, uh, "This weird owners are just temporary stewards. These teams belong to the community. That he, it's a fantastic point. The sons are going to last way longer than Robert Sarver. Um, so I, I commend that owner that minority owner for saying something, but very conspicuously the league's 30 majority owners, you know, we haven't heard from Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban <laughs> loves to weigh in on yeah. seemingly everything. We haven't learned heard from Mickey Harrison. We haven't heard from James Dolan. We haven't heard from Jeannie Buss. Go down the list. We haven't heard from the other owners in the league, and I wonder how much of this is you have to I, – I think the, the question has to raise how much of this is the other owners protecting themselves? A hundred percent. I mean, like they rally around. Look, it's a select group, right? There's only mm-hmm. so many. There's only 30 teams. It's very difficult to get one of these teams. And who knows what kind of skeletons that other owners might have in their closet. But I think that people of a very select group, uh, whether it be NBA owners or, or some other elite entity, are often um, reluctant to criticize each other. Right. And, and that's what I think what we have in this situation. I will say, though, that. In the absence, and it's a deafening absence, of other owners standing up and speaking out about this and saying, this is unacceptable. We don't want him in our group. We should push him out of our group. You've got somebody like LeBron James, who st- and you know everybody has an opinion on LeBron. I think it's unimpeachable to say that when there are issues of um, social import, that LeBron almost always steps forward. I remember, I forget what year it was. It was the it was his last year in Cleveland. They were playing the Warriors again in the finals. And the day before the finals were in Cleveland and um, the Warriors had come out and said, listen, if we win, we're not going to the White House with Trump there. And LeBron came out and said, listen, nobody's going to the White <laughs> House yeah. as long as Trump is there. And he made the entire day about... Not the finals that were happening, but about we're not because the Eagles had uh, just won the Super Bowl uh, shouts to Philadelphia Eagles for making the right decision and saying they weren't going to go. And so that whole day was about um, political and social 
justice and injustice. And it was all built around this conversation of LeBron stepping forward. So yet again, here in this instance, in the absence of le- real leadership from other NBA owners, he stepped up and tweeted out a, that he had read through the Starver stories a few times. And he's got to be honest, our league definitely got this wrong. I don't need to explain why. Y'all read the stories and decide for yourself. I said it before, and I'm going to say it again. There is no place in this league for that kind of behavior. I love this league, and I deeply respect our leadership, but this isn't it. There is no place for misogyny, sexism, and racism in any workplace. Don't matter if you own the team or play for the team. We hold our league up as an example of our values, and this ain't it. Bravo, because I didn't hear that from anybody else. Yeah, and I will say, just to say, Chris Paul also released a statement and Chris Paul plays for Robert Sarver, and I thought this was another really strong statement. Chris Paul, like many others, I reviewed the report. I was and am horrified and disappointed by what I read. This conduct, especially towards women, is unacceptable and must never be repeated. Uh, Paul continued, I am of the view that the sanctions fell short in truly addressing what we can all agree was atrocious behavior. My heart goes out to all the people that were affected. This leads me to our next question, John. Do you think is the, I think is we're, the question why is Chris Paul always on the team where this happens? Listen, Poor Chris I Paul. I don't I was talking to another NBA reporter the other day uh, over some tacos and Chris Paul, I know a lot of people hate him and he's very annoying to watch for some people has truly had in many ways one of the unluckiest careers for someone yeah. as good as Chris Paul and his his Detractors do not want me to make excuses for him, but the man has been very unlucky. Um, No question. I would like to ask you, John, do you think there's also an element of this? And it's this is dumb. This is objectively dumb that this is how our society works. I think in an in an ideal situation, Adam Silver does not work for the owners and is an actual steward of the league and has the power to get rid of like someone someone like Robert Sarver or there's some kind of independent third party made up of uh different you know representatives maybe people from the union league that review incidents like this and decide on the punishment but it's obvious that the person who works for the owner should not be deciding these punishments but do you think that there is a public pressure campaign that can be mounted here because I think one thing that separates the Sarver situation from the Sterling situation, because the Sterling situation was so lurid, it had this, you know, there was a mistress involved, Magic Johnson was involved, it it was cutting through just sports talk, right? It was on CNN, you, you had this great national attention on it, you had the players protesting on the court, it happens during the playoffs. Do you think that there's a public pressure aspect that can maybe change this i don't know i'm skeptical because i think that the world burns and we have we have shown or been shown time and time again that people of real power uh and wealth and privilege are very rarely held to account for their misdeeds however Mm -hmm. i do believe that the pressure campaign will be mounted I mean, I, I don't I don't think that this is going to get any less hot for the Suns in the NBA, and it's certainly not going to get less hot if they do, in, in fact, attempt to bring Robert Sarver back. I mean, imagine if you're Robert Sarver and all of this has come out. You got to go back to work. You got to go back into that building. You got to see all these people. You've got to face questions from the press. The minute he steps back in the building, there won't be a single question about basketball. Every single thing will be about how can you have this guy around, and it won't end. Now, whether or not he can withstand and weather that, and whether or not the NBA can withstand and weather that, I mean, maybe, right? I mean, like, 
the the goalpost, the the Overton window on on what's allowable and acceptable has really really changed in the last you know, I don't know eight to ten years. Um, so I wonder, I wonder if if he could just like throw up his hands and be like, yeah, I'll take the heat. I don't care. I own an NBA team, but it doesn't make it right. You know, the, like it's pretty pretty evident to anybody who's right thinking uh, and not a complete knuckle dragging cretin that this guy's got to go. Yeah, and I it's I. Again, it's so shocking to me that I'm asking all these questions like, did the NBA purposefully, knowing that the Sterling thing blew up in the playoffs, release this, you know, during the offseason and the start of the NFL season? Like, like, what is going on here? It's just so ridiculous that it happened this way. Uh, I think it's obvious that this kind of situation, it's not really tenable moving forward, right? I mean, you mentioned it. There's people of a certain class, the way our society's been built up, that frankly can escape a lot of the consequences that, that people like you and I would have to face. I promise you, if I did literally one of the things Robert Sarver has done at Sports Illustrated, I would not be doing this podcast anymore. How, like, what's the fix here in your idea? Do How do we... Do we change the NBA bylaws? How would you like to see these situations handled moving forward? I mean, some sort of governing body for the governors would be interesting, Mm -hmm. but they would never accede to that, right? I mean, like if you are rich and powerful, you got rich and powerful not by ceding your power, but by, you know, consolidating it. And Mm -hmm. so as Adam Silver said, they are not subject to the same repercussions that the rest of us would be uh, given the exact same offenses. So I can't imagine a world where they would put themselves under some sort of like legal scrutiny with actual um, repercussions. I can't imagine that. Uh, but absent that, that this is what you're left with. You're left with a situation where Adam Silver has to stand up there and he tells the truth. And then after telling the truth, the NBA goes, man, the truth is bad optics. Let's issue a statement saying that's not the, the case when everybody knows that it plainly is. Um and then, you know, again, as I said, if he does come back, you're Chris Paul, you're uh, Mikhail Bridges, you're DeAndre Ayton, you know, anybody who works in that building, not to mention, you know, the hundreds of employees, both male and female. How do you look at that guy and go, man, he's the guy driving the ship? This mm-hmm. sucks. Like, I mean, you know it. You know it. Everybody knows it around the league. And, and then beyond that, let's take another step beyond that. If you're a fan of the Suns, how do you feel about rooting for the Suns when you know they're owned by one of the worst people in sports. It's just a bad yeah. situation all the way around. It's a really bad situation because I also don't blame the people, right, who want to cheer for their favorite team and now feel this weird sense around it because, you know, they may love the players and now they feel like they're supporting someone who has done all these terrible things. And, I mean, we haven't touched on this on the podcast so far today but it's obvious i mean you can suspend an owner for you they could have suspended server for five years in that five years as long as he still owns the suns he's still going to profit very richly from the team the value from the team is still going to skyrocket over the next five years that's just how it works with these franchises now a, a, a suspension is, is like you put him in timeout he can't be near the team but financially he's taking the $10 million hit here, but it's a drop in the bucket for him. (laughs) You know, he still gets to profit from the team. He still gets to enjoy many of the good things that come with owning an NBA team. So this just falls short 
in so many ways. Uh, has it has it changed your opinion of Adam Silver at all? A little bit, yeah. Um, I'm pro Adam Silver. I think on the whole, uh, mm-hmm. he's been a good commissioner. He's got good ideas. He's he's been fair on the whole. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I think coming in after David Stern, David Stern being a massive, having a massive legacy, um, really taking the game global and building it up in a, in a lot of different ways, but also having been like such a heavy-handed commissioner that mm-hmm. was um, sort of feared disliked by a lot of people, but also like hugely respected. That's not an easy act to follow. And I think Adam Silver has done a pretty good job, right? The game is as healthy as it's ever been. The value of the franchises is through the roof. Um, you know, the number of eyeballs on the sport, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This though is a, of a different kind. This is, do you do the right thing or not? Now, I, again, I, I am not numb to the fact as you, you called him a meat shield earlier. Um, <laughs> I'm not numb to the fact that his hands are kind of tied here, but there's a, there's a position where, you know, as you said, there's maybe the suspension is longer than a year. Maybe it is five years. Maybe it's during that five years, you're moving to try to get him to sell the team. You know, you're going to be a rich man. Just let this die and people will forget about it kind of thing. But to stand up there in front for this, this is unfortunate. I, you know, I wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't do it. But I'm also not NBA commissioner, and I don't make the kind of money that he does, and I don't have the pressures that he does. Uh, but on, but that's also not my problem. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a reporter, a journalist, uh, and a fan of the NBA. And from all of those perspectives, this is a failure by Adam Silver. It just is. It's a failure by the league. It is a failure of sports. You know, it is it is a gross, uh, undeniable failure of personality and humanity by Robert Sarver, but we've already established that now it's how do you deal with it and however you deal with it it's not this that's i think you hit the nail on the head there john and it it just really has laid bare that even if there are people within the nba who are well-meaning people within the nba who are well-intentioned the limits of those intentions the limits of a sports league to keep in check a very you know rich and privileged class of people, and that that's what NBA owners have become. It's obvious that they're not held to the same standards as everyone else. And well, but they issued that statement saying they are. Yeah, yeah. So I course, guess that makes right, it right, right, <laughs> right, right. Exactly. No, no. I. You so, know what else I think is interesting, Ro, is that here's you could look at all the coverage everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's nobody beyond like the far right, like yay, men should be as crude as they want, uh, anti cancel culture people who have said that this is good everybody thinks this is awful including robert sarver who reported uh, reportedly according to espn didn't like this punishment and pushed back on it and the whole the whole process became <laughs> acrimonious so like nobody's happy here so if you're going to be in a situation where where even robert sarver is pissed off then you might as well do something of actual value to get him out of here it's a great point. It's a great point. The guy's going to be pissed off no matter what. Yeah. Why Why take a half measure? Um, the last thing I'm, I'm kind of curious about, we've seen former players move into ownership now, right? I believe Grant Hill has a minority stake with the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Dwayne Wade with the Utah Jazz. I mean, obviously Michael Jordan, the majority owner of the, of the Hornets. I'm curious, again, because the... the will these people kind of start 
or join the public pressure campaign, that is going to be interesting to me because I think it's going to take more people ultimately in the ownership class. I don't even like using the word class, but in that group, in that tier to speak out. I I think that's the only real way. Otherwise, if we've really just built a society, like this is just an example of like, we failed. We failed if we can't hold these people to any standard whatsoever. Uh, it's it's ridiculous. So I, I'm wondering if we'll start to get something of that. And I do think the punishment has weirdly made it easier for people to be upset at Robert Sarver now than maybe they were in the last six months. Now, now that there's like proof, evidence, facts, etc., I do think in a weird way it'll now be easier for people to condemn him, even though it should not have taken this long. Yeah, I mean... You're right. Maybe it draws more attention because the punishment is so obviously insufficient. Um, to your point about the pressure campaign, again, I'm skeptical that it'll actually work. Mm-hmm. I do think that people will will remain pissed off about this and that it won't get any easier for the NBA. But I just, you know, we have so much evidence over these last however many years that people of a certain amount of power, clout, class, wealth, privilege can get away with whatever they want to get away with. And there are no consequences and it they sucks. They can even run for president. Yeah, can. you can. I mean, you could, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, that's obviously what I'm alluding to, but it's, yeah. it's not just that, yeah. right. It's not just yeah. the political of realm. It's, yeah. it's extended beyond that. And if you're not in that group, if you're part of the normies, like, like we are like everybody else is, then you are held to account in it. And I think like that is really troubling uh, and often, and when you talk about a failure, yeah, it's a failure of our society, our country. Globally, it's a failure. It's a, a failure of morality, uh, humanity. It's a, a flat-out failure. Period. I don't want to like. I know I sound hyperbolic right now, but these it's are the- hard. It's hard not to it, because it, it's just such a it, perfect microcosm. You're right, yeah. though. It, it really is. And um, and it's 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 really. It's distressing and dispiriting and disquieting all the disses. Uh, and it's unfortunate. And, you know, we're going to see. We're going to see what happens with the NBA over the next year and what they end up doing with Robert Sarver. But, like, marching him back into that building in one year's time, pff, good luck with that. Because I'll be, if I'm still at Sports Illustrated and on a microphone and in front of a keyboard, like a lot of people, I'm not going to be silent. Absolutely. And I, I do think ultimately, it falls on you know the media to make sure that this story uh, does not go away, and hopefully, people also continue to speak out. Um, John, I do think that will do it for today's episode. Just a bummer to end the week like this. Uh, you know, you and I both love the NBA. We we'd love to talk about basketball, obviously, but you know, things like this. It's just such a you, you can't just keep the train rolling in situations like this. So. Obviously, a very unfortunate week for the NBA. Uh, Thank you to everyone who listens. Hopefully, we'll be back uh, with some better news and more fun stuff next week. Uh, But until then, please continue to enjoy the NBA offseason. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council.